DDA's Encouraging Abilities podcast. I am your host, DDA Communications Manager Evan Kelly. Uh, today we are t- talking about caregiving as a profession. Now, to me, it's a profession that we as a society often take advantage of. We don't look at it as one of those jobs that you shoot for. It doesn't have the cachet of doctor, lawyer, CEO, what have you. But these jobs are vital, and not just to the people DDA supports. They don't always come with the highest wage or even respect, which, of course, is wrong. Caregivers are vital to everyone in the literal world. We are all going to need care at some point. Whether that's at home or because of illness or injury or a senior's home or a group home that DDA operates, we're all going to be touched by this need and profession. So I wanted to shine a light on one of the dedicated employees here at DDA and talk about who they are, what they do, and why. Joining me today is Ratna Mather. She is a longtime employee of DDA and manages our Curzon Group Home that five people with developmental disabilities call home. Many of the clients we support in our 19 homes in Vancouver and Richmond have been with us for decades. They literally become family. So Ratnam, thank you for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So right off the bat, what got you started in this line of work? Well, prior to coming to Vancouver, I thought uh, I taught at a school in Germany that had many kids from refugee families. They were born, they were from Albania, Romanian, Turkey, and other European countries. Some kids were separated from their parents and were waiting for their arrival. A social worker was assisting the kids in their different needs. These kids were going through struggles to adjust in a new culture, in their relationship to the other students. In their learning and doing homework, it was obvious to me that their families too were going through difficulties at home. Trying to cope with their status as refugee, I spent time with kids and listened to their stories. I did not speak their language, mm-hmm. but they did not speak English. But other, uh, but working with some very simple words in English and German, and with the help of social worker, we made enough connection to understand what was going on in their lives. Um, so when we moved to Vancouver in 2003, I wanted to continue in this field at schools as a special needs teacher, but my work permit did not allow me. I was employed at the Indian Consulate, and during that time, I came across a job posting by DDA. I knew I wanted to be in this line of work, to be a part of social and community service. In some ways, it was like a continuation of working with the refugee children in Germany, helping and supporting and the struggling kids with language, behavior, and other learning difficulties. So I applied for the job, and rest is the history. <laughs> and so how long have you been with DDA? And, and uh, I guess, uh, ultimately, why did you choose this organization besides just seeing a, mm-hmm. a job posting? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, um, after doing a master in commerce, I sometimes wonder how come. Um, it's it just that I was just looking for the right profession to hit for me. This month I have completed 19 years at DDA. I found my work to be very welcoming. The ideas and thoughts that I brought to the table were much appreciated and always encouraging. I also bonded well with the residents and other team members. I remember at a workplace back in 2006 Christmas party, Diane Zivert was our director, was present at the party. While approaching my work, 
she uh, said, please let her know if I needed any help. At that moment, I thought she just said it probably did not mean anything. A few months later, I wanted to apply for my PR through PNP program. It was Deanne Wine who not only did not hesitate for even one minute, but also helped me with completing the application. I was deeply touched by her generous help and support. This began a new and a long-term relationship with DDA, in which I found my feet in this field of community service, as well as learning and growing. So for you, you, you have a master's in commerce. I, yeah, I did my master's in commerce and my double grad in back home in India. And and so when you when you well, how long have you been in Canada then? Um, almost going to be 19 years now for me. So you did you did you ever think that you were going to apply that degree to something else rather than doing it in the care field? Um, I did actually. I uh, from India, I actually moved to U.S. and over there I did my credential uh, and uh, I was able to sit for my CA. But uh, somehow I knew that I'm not going what I need, what my passion is. So mm -hmm. when I moved to Germany, that from Boston I moved to Germany and there I'm working with a social worker, I realized that, well, this is the field I would like to explore and do more. So I have done a lot of uh, courses in this field to be what I am right now today. And, well, you've, you've moved around a, bit, uh, a lot in your life just to get to oh, where yeah. you are today. So you're happy to call Canada home now? <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> so in, t in terms of DDA, what do you, th in terms of if, uh, from a caregiving perspective, what are we doing right? And what could, you, what could be used improvement? Well, uh, right, uh, that's a strong word there. First of all, I would highly recommend everyone at DDA to watch our award-winning film, Doing the Impossible. Mm -hmm. It's a deeply personal and pioneer journey for many clients and their families. Living at the, that time, the institutionalized care and its devastating effect on the families Watching this film is a must-have experience to learn about how far DDA has come in its 72 years of existence and counting. Fighting against the odds and taboos, DDA has persistently pressed on forward. This can only be due to the quality of our service to the clients, the compassionate care we provide, and witnessing happiness in the lives of people we touch every day. I think that that is the very right thing of DDA. Yeah, yeah, and uh, of course, talking about the doing the impossible, the story of the Developmental Disabilities Association. That is an award-winning film uh, we produced yep. in 2022. It won three yep. Leo Awards here in British Columbia. Very mm -hmm. proud of that. Very proud. That mm -hmm. can be found on our website, develop.bc.ca. So. Um, moving on, you you care for five people at Curzon. Tell me about the people you care for in Curzon. Oh, wow. Curzon is a really beautiful home. Curzon is a home of five individuals, quite different in their age and culture background. They are Chinese, Jewish, First Nation, Polish heritage, living in peace and peaceful and harmony together. Big message they give out to the world is respect, love, peace, and joy together. 
They are active and well-known in our neighborhood and surrounding communities. They are full of life, loving music, dancing, partying, and playing sports, but also having a big heart to give back to their community. As you know, they mm -hmm. are always ready to reach out to help others. If it's shortage of food at the food bank or a natural disaster like floods or calls for peace in the world, they are always ready and willing to help out in their very own way. If you walk in Richmond around Curzon neighborhood, you will very likely notice our client's name on Adopt the Street polls. They also will volunteer at Meals on Wheel, delivering food to the seniors. One of the residents advocated for recycling using used items. Whenever he buys new clothes, without being asked, he will get the old ones out from his closet to donate. <laughs> really, so much to learn. That's amazing that you know this this mm -hmm. this group who sometimes people would think of as just being totally supportive, and of course they are, but they yeah. also give back oh. in so many ways. Oh, lots. Mm -hmm. um, so what you know, being being in the caregiving field now for 19 years, and you're you know you're in management now here at DDA. So what do you like best about your job? The best thing I like at my job is the diversity and inclusion, the diverse clients and the team members. Working together in a team to take care of the people with disabilities also helps me to be sensitive and respectful towards other culture and value people who may be at certain disadvantage in their lives or struggling either physically or mentally and in need of compassionate care. This experiences help me to appreciate my work, not merely as a job, but rather as opportunities for growth. That that's that's the best one for my job. I think. <laughs> and I hate, yeah. hate the, the 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 second part of that is what what do you not like about this profession? <laughs> oh We're boy. looking for honesty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I often find this occupation being labeled or tagged as caregiver, mm -hmm. which I think actually undermines and undervalues this profession. Interesting. Yeah, and what we offer instead of being proud of. We ought to be considered as community builders and life coaches that deserve far greater respect and encouragement from the society. I would also like to see more men enlisting in this profession, like in nursing. There should be a greater priority in my view. There should be, I think, a gender priority in my view. Uh, you raised some really interesting points in terms of, you know, caregiver as opposed to community builder, and that really strikes a tone because, I mean, DDA is one of the pri uh, pioneers, rather, of community living, and that's <laughs> really what we've been doing yep. since 1952 is trying to build a community. Uh, and you do mention, um, you, know, like, uh, you know, to be honest, most of the most of the employees, most of the people employed as caregivers at DDA or community builders mm -hmm. are female. Um, do, you, do you see that changing much? Like, do, are, are you seeing more... Uh, men come into this profession? We do certainly have some. Yeah, I, I will say um, uh, to the men who are interested in this field, welcome, welcome to the real world. We need your presence, strength, and care to make a world of a difference here. We at DDA provide adult service basic training program. It is a very useful resource and training tool to get you started. 
The program was initiated by Executive Director Alana Hendren. I am one of the instructors to teach this module. It prepares you as you start working, making it easy and comfortably placed with you. Have no fear of concern. You can always count on our help, guidance, and support as you go. I mean, anybody can be, you know, the more men or female, anyone is. Well, and, and truthfully, we've, we have both male and female clients. Our male clients could yeah. use that, that yeah. energy, that, that guidance. Absolutely. Um, so what, what do you think is the hardest thing about what you do? The hardest is the, I think, a constant need of advocacy for a client's rights and respectable inclusion in the society communities. It is not always easy to access certain public places like beaches and washroom at a public place. We also lack enough available funding to support staff to accompany the clients during overnight hospitalization when needed. Fortunately, through the advocacy work over the decade, there has been a lot of improvement in overcoming these barriers and the stigma has also declined but it is still ongoing hard struggle in this profession. A lot of people who get into this line of work uh, have a personal collection, uh, connection rather to developmental disabilities. Is that true in your case? No, it's not true in my situation. But there is a significant number of people who are struggling to accept the fact that they are parents or sibling of the special need person. Yes, there are many people who are joining this field of employment to explore and learn so that they can care for their loved ones better and meet their needs more effectively. This is one of the reasons that DDA offers some great training programs and opportunities at work, orientation sessions, shadow shifts, e-learning, so many courses, all of which is designed to help staff to learn and grow while doing their jobs. Now you talk about advocacy uh, a lot, and of course that, that goes with, um, you know, not just people with developmental disabilities. As an, as an immigrant who's been in Canada for 20 years, uh, you might understand on a personal level some uh, a lack of inclusion. Do you, what changes have you seen happen in society over your years here with with respect to inclusion? Are we on the right path? Absolutely. We have come a long way in this past 72 years, but still a long way to go. Constantly standing up for the inclusion of our supported people is needed otherwise. We run a risk of being easily forgotten in our society. Years of advocacy has grown fruits and today, we see our clients present at different walks of life. I'm sure you have been helped by them as usher or helper at supermarket or at restaurants. Many of our residents engage in learning, creating, and exhibiting their various work of arts, of painting, and poetry. Some others have been part of weekly Bollywood-style dance classes and performing publicly at the Performing Art Theater. It is now commonplace to find people with disability working and performing in fashion, music, art, theater across the globe, which is a healthy sign of increasing inclusion, I guess. Absolutely yeah. it is. What is, what is the, when you go to work every day, what is your number one goal? 
I wish more people can experience working with people with autism and other disabilities to get a first-hand knowledge of what it means to face adversities, barriers, and challenges to live every day. They can serve as volunteers for some time as a full-time employment may not be suitable or acceptable to them. Like I said before, this profession is not for everyone, but to others who genuinely want to reach out and serve who are caring and compassionate, I will definitely recommend choosing this line of work. Tell me about your job from an emotional point of view. Can it be difficult on you personally? Well, this profession can be quite stressful and at times emotionally challenging and difficult. We do encourage our staff members to learn and self about self-care. Importance to educate themselves, available resources and helpline. We support staff to be vocal about how they feel and to share any concerns so we can get them the appropriate help they need. As for me personally, I always share and often recount my experience with my family. That also helps me to deal with stressful situations. On the mm. positive side, sharing with them has also brought more awareness towards value and importance of community service that this field can often open up for them. It was through these conversations, both of my sons served as assistant coaches to the basketball team of for the Richmond Special Olympics team. Oh, wow. That's great. <laughs> yeah, during their high school years. They are forever grateful for those opportunities that change their perspective and help broaden their horizons about community-oriented programs during their subsequent time in university education. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Where are your sons doing now? Oh, they both are, uh, of course, a part of a Special O in New York and in D.C., and one is working uh, for White House. He's working for the uh, Veteran Affairs. Oh, and, wow, in the United States, wow. Yeah, and the younger one is in, um, my second son is in New York, uh, working in this field. Wow, you guys, you're all over the world, you're right now. <laughs> now that thanks for the <coughs> passport, because that's how it helps them to move around. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Now. I, I, you know, I've I've been working with you now for a few years. Uh, you know, we, you and I, bump into each other quite a lot. You, you've yeah. you provide me lots of lots of stuff for our communications channels. Mm -hmm. The one thing I notice is that when I see pictures or videos of of all of you at the Curzon home, I can't think of how fun the job looks and how it really feels like home. How do you make a, a, a group home with basically five individuals who didn't know each other before. How do you turn that into a home? Because people, I think, need to understand that our our group homes are not, they're not institutions. These are not places where absolutely. they spend a few. This is their home where they live for years. Yes, absolutely. And, uh, you know, they are the most adjustable people, I tell you. When they come together, there is some kind of an instinct when they look at each other or when they come and look for the housing you can make you can see that that there is something which they just like a magnet attached I have two individual I remember uh, when they came first time to see and uh, 
individual was supposed to, that transition time supposed to be only one night and then go back and then come back, like the transition. Yeah, yeah. The first night itself, the second day she, uh, she didn't want to go. She didn't it, want to leave. Leave. <laughs> so the uh, foster parents have to bring all the uh, suitcase and everything the next day because that's what it is. They just come and that that's the, like, you know, they get so adjusted with the, it's just the roommates and, you know, the housemates and the building. I don't know. There is something which they just love to be together. Now, in terms of like food preparation, is that is do, do you does you do you or your team sort of decide on a like a food calendar or do you we, do they just do you ask your 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 clients what oh, you feel like eating? They they are very much involved in uh, making their own menu and you know um, uh, of course it's a licensed house and we do have the food menu which we follow but it's all with the clients uh, likes and dislike which we add in um, you know you name it and it's on the menu from Chinese to Italian to Mexican all kinds of food is on the menu for them now obviously with with some developmental disabilities there are some behavioral uh, issues D do you find that you know bringing people together like that in a home makes that easier to overcome of course why not no matter what every i think every individual have some or the other issues with them but we live together right we are in family so when they come with their uh, behavior or any we do have plan in place for them and uh, they are not 24 7 in that there are times when they excel and enjoy and have a very quality life um, together absolutely so, uh, Ratnam, what changes would you like to see in this profession? My personal experience across uh, culture and nations have made me aware of the needs and gaps that exists in the qualities of service outreaches program. Other less advanced societies are not as fortunate as Canada in general and specifically CLBC to have such well-developed social support infrastructure and well-funded programs that run group homes, daycares and assisted living facilities. I see windows of opportunities that have opened up in this age of rapid digital communication platform. We can utilize that space now to set up lines of international communication in other parts of the world to give and to receive, to train and help their community care centers to share our resources with them. Communities helping communities is a new mantra for inclusion, development, and growth. That's what I think. Now, um, you've been around the world a little bit. So yep. you, with that said, do you think Canada and BC in particular are doing something right? Um, yes, they are. Uh, it's slow, but I, I would like us also to uh, chip in in that. One of my final questions, I think, you, you, you've talked about recommending this this line of work, so maybe again just re, uh, recapitulate why you might recommend this line of work to somebody who's who might have an interest or might not know what exactly what they want to do. People who serve as volunteer for some time as a full-time employment or maybe suitable for uh, just a voluntary, I would like to say that people who are caring and compassionate and who are really looking for fulfillment 
in their life for something, I will definitely like them to try to work in this field and see. So you feel like the, when you go to work, there's a, is there a big sense that you're giving back? Absolutely. When you, you're with them, the satisfaction of the job comes, the day-to-day, -day, that little um, skills which they uh, adopt and which they uh, master, you feel so fulfilled with that. Yeah, and that's, that, that, that's the feeling I get when I see what's going on in Curzon Home and all of our homes. Um, obviously, our homes are, are run 24-7, and we need, we need staff there 24-7. How, like, I don't know if you've done sort of like swing shifts like that overnight and stuff, and how is that easy to deal with? How is, do you find staff handle that pretty well, or is it off and on, trade-off kind of thing? Yeah, uh, I, as I told you, it's a licensed house, and we do have a structure like, you know, the morning shift, the noon shift, and the overnight. We have two in the morning, two in the afternoon, and uh, an overnight. Depends on the homes, mm -hmm. which it is. And, um, yeah, uh, but we, our clients are supervised 24-7. Mm -hmm. So, continuously, the uh, transition of the staffing should be on to like morning that so so sometimes you'll work an overnight shift and then you'll maybe not work that for a couple of weeks and then go back or or do we have staff that primarily primarily like working overnight shifts oh there are there are overnight staffs and they love overnight too because then they have they have different job or home or kids mm -hmm. they can take care but yes there are overnight staff who does only overnight Anything else to add to someone to someone thinking about getting into this line of work or about yourself or the job in general? I think it's a great profession and I'm very happy where I am and very satisfied where I am. So uh, people who are still looking for that job which uh, they want some fulfillment, they should they are welcome to join in. Well, uh, Ratnam, I hope that you and I can keep working together for many years because while I'm at head office, I still really, really enjoy working for this organization. Like you've mentioned, it's it's an organization where you, you can bring ideas yep, and, 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 and just bring those things to fruition. It's not going to get shot down. Mm -hmm. So we have been chatting with DDA Group Home Manager Ratnam Mather. She has been telling us about her profession as a uh, caregiver, or let's say community builder for yeah. DDA. She <laughs> manages our uh, Curzon Group Home. So thank you for shedding some light on who you are and what you do, and uh, we know we all love working with you. Mm -hmm. uh, so you've been listening to DDA's Encouraging Abilities podcast. You can find us pretty much anywhere podcasts are supported. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, iHeartRadio and Google Podcasts and more. See you next time and thanks for listening. Thank you.